when you have a filter of grace, grace continues to explode off the pages. Amen. Off the pages it explodes. I had a great time with the Lord this week. And uh, gave me a great message. And it's, it's mainly scriptures. Don't get, don't get scared. You know, we're not going to be here till 2 o'clock. It's, it's, it's mainly scriptures. Plus, i got a barbecue to go to. I have no idea what I'm having today, but uh, I'm going to a barbecue. So can't be here till 2. But anyway, I could ask you guys a question. John the Baptist. He was in prison, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Took it upon himself to kind of get political. Mm-hmm. Took it upon himself to kind of go to Herod and say, Herod, you're living in sin. Okay? Ends up in jail. And he's in jail. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. Why am I in jail? Why am I in jail? Huh. Why am I in jail? Jesus is the Messiah. Why am I in jail? You know, he's in jail. We know that. So then, then we know what happens next. He sends two of his disciples to go find Jesus. To ask them, are you the one we've been looking for? Are you the one we've been waiting for? Should we be looking for another? How many of you know why John asked that question? I say he was discouraged. He was discouraged? That could have been part of it. He was discouraged because of what he believed. That's good. I didn't know that. We're going to let you know why, why John asked that question. Okay. Let's look at this scripture. And John, calling unto him two of his disciples, sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he? Are you the one that should come? Or should we look for another? Can you imagine that? When the men were come unto him, unto Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us. He sent us to ask you, Are you the one? That was to come? Or do we look for another? Mm. Jesus answered them with the Word of God. We're going to see the Word of God he answered them with. The Word of God that John should have known. The Word of God that John grew up on. All right? In that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities, their sicknesses, their diseases, their plagues. He cast out evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he restored their sight. Oh, hallelujah. Then Jesus answering said unto him, unto them, go your way and tell John what brings, what things you have seen and heard how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the dead hear, the, 
the, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the poor, the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Amen. That's Luke chapter 7, verse 19 through 23. What Jesus did was answer him according to the scriptures that John should have known. Those scriptures are found in Isaiah chapter 61. You're going to love this. This is a beautiful, a beautiful chapter. Beautiful chapter of grace. And this is what it says there. And this is what John should have known. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. What do you think good news to the poor would be? Yeah, but I also think they don't have to be poor anymore. You don't have to be poor anymore. Why? Because your daddy takes care of you. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the sky. Don't you think about, don't you worry about what you need to wear or what you need to eat, where you need to live. This is is good news to the poor. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to heal those that had broken hearts. To proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And we, of course, know he's talking about those that are bound by sin and bound by the law. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, here's where we go. Wrong. You're going to pay attention to this word. If it's in your Bibles, cross it out. Okay? And the day of vengeance of our God. Does this sound of vengeful God? To comfort all that mourn. To appoint them unto that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The plantings of the Lord. That he might be glorified. Isn't that beautiful? What Jesus Christ was anointed for, what he came to bring, but it goes on. This is how wonderful and beautiful our gospel of grace is. The love of God is for us. The message that Jesus came to bring. And it goes on in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 4 and it says, And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities. The desolations of many generations. You know what Jesus is saying here? It's time for restoration. It's time for restoration. It's time for renovation. It's time to get back what the enemy stole from you. Seven times. Seven times. He didn't come for vengeance. He came to avenge. It's a big difference. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks and mow your lawns and paint your house and fix your roof and do your plumbing. Yeah, because you don't need to do that. You can enjoy the day with your children, with your grandchildren, fishing and swimming. Hallelujah. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. 
This is about blessing, man. This is about blessing. And you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory shall you boast yourselves. Oh, goodness. For your shame, you shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. That's you and I. For I, the Lord, love. Here's another word that's wrong. Judgment. I love judgment. I love justice. And we're going to see how this all plays into grace. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles. And their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them. That they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. We are the seed which the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Wow. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, so as he adorned me. This is beautiful. This is where we stand. This is where we are. This is where we live. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth from all the nations. So Paul, so not Paul, Jesus' answer to John, when he asked that question, are you the one? Or do we wait for another one? Caused Jesus to answer him from a portion of scripture that John should have known. John, you should know. This is the work of the Messiah, John. To heal and mend broken hearts. To give sight to the blind. To bring restoration to those who've had their, 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 their fortunes stolen from them or taken away from them. To clothe them with garments of salvation. To, to, to clothe them with robes of righteousness. To make them all, you know, faithful ministers before their God. To heal their hearts. To set them free from sin. John, this is why the Messiah came. He did not come to do what you thought he came to do. This is why John had a, pr a problem. This is why religion still has a problem today. They still think God is all about wrath. And they still think God is all about vengeance. And they still don't know that it's all about his goodness. And that it's the goodness of God that, that leads men to a changing of direction. 
So why did John ask that question? I never realized this. I didn't realize how, how wrong John, John got it. And all of a sudden, I was led to Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, and I seen why John had to ask that question. Because it was in his response to the religious leaders who were coming to get baptized. Why did John question? Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O you generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He thought the Messiah was coming to take vengeance. He thought that the Messiah was coming in, in, in wrath. That's not why he came. John got it wrong. That's why he was so confused. Had he would have understood the true Messiah, the true message of love, the true message of grace, perhaps he would have handled Herod differently. Perhaps he wouldn't have lost his head. Perhaps his ministry would have been even greater than what it was. Now look at those two words. Remember I, I said our, 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 our Bibles, and most of them say vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. You know what vengeance is? Vengeance is the infliction of punishment in return for wrong committed retribution. See, that's what John was looking for from the Messiah. That's what religious people are looking for today. That's what people who don't understand the gospel are preaching today. They don't understand. They didn't understand it then, and they don't understand it now. He didn't come for vengeance. He came to avenge. You know, you ever think of the Avengers? You know, you think of Superman, you think of... I know Batman is my son's favorite. Remember where you go? I'm working out in his basement the other day, and I see Batman signs all over the place. Batman, Batman, Batman. But he comes to avenge. He comes to avenge. He comes to help. He comes to bring rescue. He comes to rescue. That's why the Messiah came. And John missed it. He didn't come for vengeance and for wrath. He came for rescue. And it's amazing that when you look into the Hebrew and you look into the words, that's what the word means. Why they get it wrong, I don't know. But the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. John forgot this. Where it said, Behold my servant, who I uphold. My chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He, see, here's where they get it wrong. He will bring about justice to all the nations. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And we're going to look at how. Religion always wants vengeance and wrath. But God wants to rescue to restore, to avenge us from the fall 
to bring about reconciliation. How did he accomplish this? How did he bring justice to the nations? Thank God for the Apostle Paul because he gives us further understanding and revelation. He tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Yes, he came to bring justice to the nations. And how did he do that? By the sacrifice and offering of his son. I like the way it's, it speaks it to us from the Passion Translation, Romans chapter 3, verse 26, and it says this. And when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy. That was to offer up his own son. Wow. So now, because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. Praise God for Jesus. Praise God for our true Messiah. Praise God for the true salvation that we enjoy. The true new covenant of grace. Where it's all about him. It's all about what he did. It's all about his obedience to the Father. It's about his offering. It's about his sacrificing. And it's simply about us believing in him. The servant, Jesus, was given a mission to discharge both for Israel and for the Gentiles. The fulfillment of the mission involved him in unjust persecution, in unjust humiliation, in, unjust, in an unjust just death. But by accepting all this obediently as God's will for him, he accomplishes the divine purpose, which coincides with his own dearest desire. This purpose included the forgiveness of the sins of many, of all whose sins the servant Bared. Wow. John forgot that voice in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. He wouldn't even have to ask the question anymore if he had, had to remember that voice. Do you remember as he was baptizing Jesus and Jesus came up out of the water? What that voice shouted from heaven? It said, and suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky saying, This is the Son I love. My greatest delight is in him. That quote from God the Father that John heard and John forgot was from Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. John had forgotten the voice. He was clouded with the wrong view of the Messiah, just like religious people are clouded with the wrong view today. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. And he will bring about justice for all the nations. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. One specially perplexing feature of Jesus' conduct in the eyes of even liberal Pharisees. What do you think was a perplexing feature of Jesus' conduct? Even in the eyes of the liberal Pharisees. Well, it was his readiness to associate with people who did not even attempt to respect the law. 
Wow. Whose lives were in scandalous conflict with his basic principles. <laughs> he did not associate with them as a condescending benefactor performing a pious duty. You know how sometimes we do that? Oh, let me go and do my duty. Let me go spend some time with this person. You know, I really don't want to, but I got to do the right thing. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did. Rather, he gave the impression that he actually enjoyed their company. When I meet people that religion points their fingers at and speaks wrath to them, I speak love to them. I let them all know how much God loves them, how much Jesus loves them, and they can't do anything, anything to make him love them any more than he already does, or anything to make him love them any less than he already does, uh, than he does, than he, what? Can't love them any less, right, than he does right now. I let them know that. Rather, he gave the impression that he actually enjoyed their company. Indeed, indeed, that he chose it by preference accepting invitation to eat with them and so incurring the reproach of being Luke chapter 7 verse 34 a glutton and a wine bibber <laughs> a friend of tax collectors and sinners <laughs> just like me Benny right? right just like us thank you Jesus when he was taxed with giving offense to godly people by such behavior he, he defended himself by saying it was the sick people that needed a physician, not the healthy ones. They were the ones that needed a doctor. And that it was sinners that he came to call. Not only so, but he also maintained the fact that God himself acted this way. He bestowed gifts with undistinguishing regard on both the good and the evil alike. God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. Even God himself showers everyone with his goodness. Even on the ungrateful and the selfish. And in parable after parable, he drove this lesson home, emphasizing the welcoming grace extended by God. Here we go. I fit every one of these descriptions. Amen. Welcoming <clears throat> grace extended by God to the inadequate, to the undeserving, to the despised, to the alienated, to the insecure, to the underprivileged. In his teaching and in his example, Jesus' message was one of good news for all outsiders. This is grace. This is what the Messiah came for. This is why John asked that question. He was clouded by religious arrogance and wrong thinking. It's good news. Good news today I leave you with. God is for you. God is for you. He is for your finances. He is for your family. He is for your health. He is for your relationships. He is for you, period. Amen. He is for you. He loves you. He loves us. He couldn't love us anymore. He'll never love us any less. He is for us. We are his blessed children. The Gentiles look at us and our lifestyle brings glory 
to God. He loves us so much, and he knows that in his loving us, it will rebound to a love for him that no law could ever command us to do or ever command us to give. Praise him. Amen? Good word? Gospel of grace. It's so powerful. Father, we thank you and we praise you for Jesus. Jesus has done it all. Period. There is nothing for us to do except believe in him. Believe in him. Always. And that's what we do. We believe in our hearts. That you raised him from the dead, Father. And that he's now seated at your right hand. And we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and he is Savior. That's it. And all that you have, Father, because of Jesus Christ, is ours. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Amen.